0: Hour number two, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Sam, how's it with you here 6 6.30 tonight? And then we're going to go back out to Coors Field. It's a doubleheader between the Dodgers and the Rockies. Rocks get the better of the Dodgers in the first game, 4-1 to up there in Denver. So that's coming up a little bit later on tonight at 6.30. But we're actually going to go, before we go to that game at 6.30, we're going to go back up to Coors Field right now. Because live from Coors Field in Denver, joining us on his very own Daniel's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline team uh, team president, of course, host of Team Talk. I'm just keeping the big chair warm for him today. It is Joe O'Neill up in Denver. Joe, uh, what, what's been going on? I mean, I know the Dodgers didn't win, but I know you love Coors Field. How how's the afternoon going?
1: It was fabulous, and it's good to be on with you, uh, Sam, and it's good to be on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. Yeah, I don't know what was more surprising, that only a total of five runs were scored at Coors Field, or that the Rockies won 4-1. to one. There you go. I, I don't know, but I do love Coors Field. It had been 10 years since I'd been there, and you just got to put it in the equation of, of one of the cool places to be. Now, there was a... Fraction of the fans that had been in any other game that I had gone to at Coors Field, uh, day game, and then of course the Rockies are sitting on 99 losses. They're trying to avoid a 100 loss season here. So that obviously factors into it. But yeah, a a gorgeous afternoon. You know, the weather is much like it is in Albuquerque. And how can you beat an afternoon Major League Baseball game at a beautiful stadium? We had a great time. I I ended up uh, connecting. I had to come up here. It was like the ten-year anniversary of my left hip replacement. Okay, ah. so uh, everything is fine with that. Oh, but good. Got to go check in with the surgeon every ten years to make sure everything's looking good. So you know, I I had to come up with that, and I parlayed—no pun intended—the mm-hmm. um, trip uh, with uh, meeting with the guys from Altitude. Sports Network, who is going to be our partner for Denver Nuggets games uh, in uh, the uh, coming year and hopefully years to come. So I got to hang out with those guys, and they're really excited. They reiterated uh, like how throughout the organization that it's cool that the Nuggets games are going to be coming on uh, in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, and I told them, well, you surely reap the benefits of, of more fans in Albuquerque as an organization, because we've seen it happen with the Dodgers and the Dallas Cowboys, so yeah, we're excited to be an affiliate, and they're excited. They're excited to have all of our listeners uh, get a little bit more Nuggets on the side there, Sam.
0: Well, how about this? Two weeks from today, the preseason opens for the Denver Nuggets. So NBA season is coming. It doesn't feel like that long ago. The Nuggets just won the championship, but they're going to be right back at it. And so over the course of the fall and through the winter, we'll have those games for you. But two weeks from today, the preseason starts. And, yeah, we're really looking forward to being a Denver Nuggets affiliate. Always looking forward to the top five, which is why Joe is taking a part yeah, yeah. Real, from Denver. Yeah, yeah, quick,
1: Sam. Uh, Please. They had asked what time I got in, and I got in late last night. Uh, but they were like, we had a hockey, you know, we had an Avs game last night over at the ball ball center, I think is what the, it used to be the Pepsi Center. It's, what is it called? Yeah, a, ball uh, Arena. Ball Arena, yeah. Ball Arena is where the Nugs and the Aps play, and they are already playing NHL preseason. That's crazy. But as any, if anybody in Albuquerque would know about the NHL preseason say, uh, schedule, it would be you, Sam. Yes. And uh, you know what? Uh, even though I'm in Denver, I want to hear about the top five. Will you please take it away, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. We're now in the approach phase, everything looking good. <laughs> it's time for the Hinkle Law Offices Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it
0: away, Sam Sam Hauser. And Avs fans, happy walking out of Ball Arena last night. 3-2 win over the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. All right. Great scene up there in Denver. As we start (laughs) with who is in, great scene in Cincinnati last night. We talked to Zach Gentry shortly before kickoff live from Acresher Stadium, or uh, Paycourt Stadium, excuse me. Acresher is Pittsburgh. Paycourt Stadium there in Cincinnati. Bengals get the win over the Rams, and... Welcome back, Jamar Chase. Desperately needed twelve catches for 141 yards for Jamar Chase in the win over the Rams last night. Baker to Burrow on the move, lofting down field. The chase has got it. Jamar Chase has arrived finally as a playmaker in 2023. Yeah, no kidding. Finally arrived. More catches and yards last night than in the first two games combined. It goes without saying at this point, Joe, how important Jamar Chase is to the success of Cincinnati. So no surprise he shows up and they get the win.
1: yeah, and and actually, you know, when I asked Zach, you know a little bit, and by the way, good job with pressing Zach Gentry up about some of the guys that you expected to make plays for the Cincinnati defense last night. Uh, who were you talking to them about? Like, I know I I recognize the names from the show, and they were sacking the heck, uh, you know, and doing their thing on defense. Who were you pressing them up about? Some guy that went to Ohio State for sure,
0: and yeah. one other. Yeah, so we yeah we talked about uh, we talked about Sam Hubbard of uh, fr- uh, from Ohio. He's an Ohio guy went to Ohio State, now playing for the Bengals. One of the most underrated pass rushers in the entire NFL. We talked about Trey Hendrickson. That whole defensive line is really, really good.
1: Yeah, and he said that even before he got there. And then just uh, in talking about some of the guys, he said uh, that that Chase uh, is like, it looks like he weighs like 200 pounds from the waist down. His body and his trunk and his legs are ridiculously strong, and I know he was frustrated. I heard the soundbite, you know, you were you talking about him being, so I, I, it, it, I get weirded out when people like receivers get all freaked out when, you know, they don't get the ball for two uh, games, but, uh, you know, it, it, all that's behind him, uh, the catches, the runs, and the TD. I mean, yeah, it, it was good to see the Bengals operating, uh, you know, like they were last night, even though, Joe Burrow does not seem like he's 100%, and that cap is something we're all going to need to keep an eye on. What else? Who else is in there, Sam?
0: Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, which may may or may not be something that Taylor Swift enjoys as well. But the apparel company Fanatics uh, put uh, put out a report over the weekend that nearly 400% spike in sales of Travis Kelsey jerseys this weekend with all the talk of him and Taylor Swift dating still very obscure but on a scale of one to 400 joe how tired of you are hearing about taylor swift on nfl sundays
1: i i was tired of it when i was watching the red zone with the volume off and i saw him score a touchdown and they show a box and uh some lady that appeared to be his mom was in the box and then some younger blonde haired lady was pounding on the a glass of the skybox saying, you know, let's, you know what, yeah. go over and over again. And then I, I found out about the Taylor Swift thing, and I was tired of it the first time I heard about it, okay? Now, I got to admit there, a friend of the show, Brian Erlacher, okay? I'm going to take you back here 20 years or so, where Brian Urlacher, you know, biggest name you know biggest name on defense in the league uh speaking of jersey sales urlacher uh for about five years with the very top of the nfl in jersey sales well uh on two different occasions brian had uh his guest one night was jenny mccarthy okay nice who was like a, a like a not a social media influencer just like a a, obviously, like a a popular figure, and then on another game, and we got to ask Brian about this one of these times. I don't know if they want to talk about it on the air, but but another game he had Paris Hilton. So this isn't like the first time this has ever happened. Oh, and, uh, the one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. So uh, anyway, no, this whole thing, I don't know whether uh, it is all being orchestrated because Kelsey wants. Uh, a career in media afterwards which I don't think is going to be a problem for him no uh, but whatever it is you know the connection between the biggest uh, music uh, superstar in the world and one of the great NFL players connecting a uh, early season NFL is going to be a, a huge benefit to both of them and their enterprises. And for us, I'm not so sure what about you Sam you're you're in the you're a millennium. are you a Swifty I I you know I've known each I've known you for a while Sam I I never asked you are a are you a Swifty?
0: There was never a reason to ask before and I am not because I am way too old inside to be a Swifty but you mentioned this is my favorite part of the story you mentioned this so Taylor Swift is in a suite with Mama Kelsey they're sitting up there together. Take away the the celebrity aspect of this, which I mean, Mama Kelsey's become a celebrity in her own right with the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl. You got Jason on one side and Travis on the other, and she's wearing a split Kansas City Philly jersey. Take away all of that, and you, it boils down to a brand new relationship with a girlfriend and the dude's mom sitting together for four hours. I would have, I, I mean, I would have mind having a little uh, box in the corner of just the two of them, because we've, I mean, we've all been there. I mean. It's as relatable as it gets to have the awkward situation if you're sitting next to this woman for four hours and you're dating her son. <laughs> well, you, you, we don't know. They, they probably didn't meet
1: for the first time in the box, okay? But I would tell Taylor Swift this, just like I told you when you were telling me uh, you know that that like baseball fields all need to be domed because of rainouts. So I told you, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You Sam, did, you okay? did. I would say the same thing to Taylor Swift. Watch your mouth when you're around adults like that. Maybe even get tell her to wash her mouth out with soap, Sam. I was appalled. <laughs> that was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, let's, of course, Yeah, I'm we won't kidding. talk about tight ends up there in in that suite. Uh, all right, moving on to who is out. According to ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer, the Cowboys are going to change their hand signals for their upcoming Week 4 game at home against the Patriots. Of course, we'll have it Sunday at 2.30 here on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, Zeke Elliott, on that side with the Patriots now, but more so because New England signed quarterback Will Greer. He was the one that got most of the action at quarterback for the Cowboys in the preseason. They let him go after the trade with Trey Lance. Will Greer now in New England Patriot and... He uh, uh, and he's uh, apparently he is not holding anything back. He's given the uh, Patriots some tips along the way. They got word of it. So brought, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, the Cowboys' offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy is the play caller. But Brian Schottenheimer, yes, the son of Marty Schottenheimer, Brian is the is the offensive coordinator. And he basically pulled out a phrase today about bones in the closet, referencing to what Will, what Will Greer knows about the Cowboys. So they're changing up all the hand signals for this game.
1: Well, bones in the closet. I was thinking they was talking about the uh, special teams coach for the Cowboys,
0: right? Yeah, uh, not talking about bones fossil. He's talking about all the okay, okay, uh, tra- okay. tricks of the I, trade I that you. Will Greer might know.
1: Okay, okay, and yeah, I mean Will Greer was there till the bitter end, uh, and the you know, we, you asked Zach about that uh, the first week we had him on after he had just gotten signed by the Bengals. Um, And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, we'll benefit from my experience with being with the Steelers. I think uh, that it's part of the the business, Sam, uh, that teams know that when a guy is on another team, that 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 players expected to tell them everything that they need to know or that they should. I mean, uh, and it's it's no different Uh, in this case with the Patriots and they're going to press Zeke up uh but Will Greer you know particularly because you know of, of him having to be the quarterback and the signals and all these other things yeah no surprise that the Cowboys might want to make a switch on that and plus the fact that whatever signals they were working uh on Sunday against the Cardinals didn't go over that well either so hey why not switch it up who else is in out talk to me Sam yeah all
0: right uh moving on with uh, who is out last one here the San Diego Padres look to be waving the white flag, a a moment that you don't expect to see from a professional athlete last night involving closer Josh Hader, one of the hardest throwers in all of baseball. He did not make himself available in last night's 2-1 loss to the Giants in San Francisco. When asked about it afterwards, Josh Hader telling the uh, San Diego media, quote, it's the situation that we're at. Asked to clarify, he said, are we in the playoff race Technically, yes, but it would take a miracle, to which he said, you guys want me to do everything. You're fighting for your life, and Josh Hader said, I don't feel like it.
1: Yeah, that that's not a good look. Uh, you know, load management uh, with only a couple of games left, and you're holding on by your fingernails. Yeah, what are you managing? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, And so that was his response. I mean, do we know... Uh, whether or not he was asked to go in and he, and he refused or was it a mutual thing between uh, Josh Hader and the, the pitching coaches? Do we know any of that, Sammy?
0: Not specifically, but the reporting on it was uh, Josh Hader asked about his thinking behind not making himself available. So Okay, I got gotcha. you.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, 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 he wasn't ready to go, so it wasn't even in the discussion.
0: Um, yeah, but to your point though, we don't much- we don't know specifically if the Padres asked him to go in and he said no. We just uh, that's the reporting is that he did not make himself available.
1: Right, right, man, and like talk about how man when when Hader went from the uh, Brewers to the Padres, I'm like this is going to be a real issue for the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, like Hater was Mariano Rivera like uh, or Randy Johnson in a in an inning and a half. Uh, version and you see him like game after game. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of not been what they expected it to be. And actually, the players that the Padres lost in the locker room in order to get Hater uh, were key components of that. And a lot of times, people don't uh, you know realize the importance of that. What's number four, Sam?
0: Four. So, I saw a crazy stat yesterday surrounding that Dolphins win over the Denver Broncos. And we're going to, I want to get your thoughts on this on the next segment, Joe, after top five, if you have some time to to hang around. But of all these stats that came out of that on Sunday, Dolphins winning 70 to 20 by beating Sean Payton on that side, coaching the Broncos. Tuatunga Violoa is on a 10 game win streak against Super Bowl winning coaches. You got Bill Belichick in there a bunch of times, John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton with the Saints and Broncos. Some of that is, is luck and timing. No certainly, Andy
1: Reid in there though, right?
0: No Andy Reid. I believe the Dolphins might play Kansas City later on this year, but does that impress you at all? Certainly there's some luck and timing involved, but does that impress you a 10-game win streak against Super Bowl winning coaches for Tua? A- absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, here here's the thing is
1: like great coaches will like expose the uh, Bad quarterbacking. I mean, for sure, Belichick and the. If you look at the games that the, the uh, uh, Patriots won last season, they won like seven or eight, and look at the the quarterbacks they beat in those seven or eight games. Uh, like Belichick, as their teams have not been very good, but he has feasted on bad quarterbacking. And lo and behold, what happens on Sunday? He's getting to play Zach Wilson again. One of those two wins that the Patriots had last year, of course, uh, was against Zach Wilson and the Jets. And then they had him again on Sunday and notch up uh, the first victory of the season for the Patriots. So, no, uh, Tua, it's hard not to like everything that Tua is doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything, uh, the way he carries himself, I just, uh, you got to love Tua. And uh and you know so I, I and that's another reason to, to really like Tua. What's number
0: three, Sam? Three. 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 And he's going back to back here later on week eight. The Dolphins are at home against the Patriots. So you got another one there with Belichick, and then the following Sunday, November fifth, playing Kansas City with Andy Reid from Frankfurt, Germany. So you'll have a couple more chances here for Tua to keep that streak going. We mentioned the Jets. At 80 years old, Joe Namath apparently was live-tweeting during that Jets-Patriots game Sunday just railing on <laughs> Zach Wilson. At 80 years old, he's watching this game. He's on Twitter over and over and over again saying that he's over it. He's done. Zach Wilson's got to go. Uh, it, it, it was the entire afternoon, so uh, Michael K from the Yes Network gets word of this. Of course, you're going to have Joe Namath on to talk about it. This is Joe Namath. Former Jets quarterback, courtesy of Yes Network, following up on his live-tweeting barrage against Zach Wilson.
1: Let's start with a, with a quasi-positive, Joe. Did you take anything positive out of his performance yesterday? You know, you talking about Flip. You got me thinking about Geraldine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, I didn't take anything positive out of it yesterday. It was awful.
0: Why? Why? Yeah. Were you watching? <laughs> is anyone
1: watching? I mean, please, when did you ever see, a, a, well, whether well, Zach, we'll stay on Zach. You sit down? You sit down on the play, you go right down? What happens? I thought you were trying
0: to win and make plays. You quit on a play? Yeah. You, what is going on? It, it, it's disgusting, so all the idea of trying to lift up Zach Wilson and stay positive and give him the support that didn't last three weeks.
1: No, uh, and you know when you you mentioned Lou Holtz earlier and uh, the head coach of, of Ohio State Ryan Day, right? Yeah. Like it just used him as a pinata uh, after the game. Like you know, I, I, I like just completely vented. I, I, and like, why pick on Lou Holtz? Like you said, I like they were. Uh, A lot of people that have been critical of Ohio State in big games, but he he singles out Lou Holtz uh, and uh, grandstanded on that. Uh, Here's Joe Namath. Uh, Lou Holtz is 86. You said that Namath is 80. You know, those those old-timers, they can say whatever they want, Sam. Okay, they... Hey, they played the game when they didn't make the money they make now and didn't have any of the luxuries that you see in the NFL. So as far as I'm concerned, Joe Namath has made the biggest guarantee this side of Coach Danny Gonzalez, okay, and his career as a coach. Just kidding about that, Coach Gonzalez. But anyway, uh, and, you know, sitting on that chair, that, that that chair by the pool, and there was about six Reporters uh, that were around him, I believe it was 1969 when he made that guarantee. And you know what? He followed up on it. He got it done. And so, anyway, I give Joe Namath can say whatever he wants as long as he doesn't kiss Susie Culver on the sidelines anymore. That's right. I'm fine with Joe uh, Joe Namath,
0: Sam. Yeah, Joe, Joe Namath, he absolutely can say whatever he wants. My favorite part of that is just envisioning 80 year old Joe Namath angrily watching this game and just. And just whether he's on his phone or on a computer, just tweeting throughout the entire game like I would. True. Uh, yeah,
1: now now we we yeah, I, I agree. I agree, I agree. Let's just say it was him and that's what he does during games, just like you do. You're right, Sam. What are we on? Number three or number two? I lost track. We're on guys. to number two. Let's go to number two, Sam Houser. Let's go. number two.
0: Well, th- this one, I'm particularly glad you're here for, Joe. I mean, I'm always glad to talk to you, but this one I know you can provide even more context on than I can. And when I saw this this morning, I wanted to put it in there. Sportico had a report this morning that we're he- uh, we're heading towards the final Mountain West basketball tournaments at the Thomas & Mack under the current agreement. They actually expired last year, but the two sides decided to push it one more year while they work out the long-term plans. And the story in Sportico is essentially about how the Thomas & Mack is Fallen behind in recent years of all these new shiny buildings getting uh, built there in Vegas between T-Mobile Arena, the Sphere, and Thomas and Mac, which is about 40 years old, kind of falling behind a little bit. Now, it does specify that come 2025, the Thomas and Mac will be at the top of the list of consideration for the Mountain West Tournament going forward, but it also mentions the possibility of Mandalay Bay as a new target spot, maybe a couple of others, just whatever you do, don't move it to where Joe is in Denver, right? Well, yeah,
1: yeah. We actually spoke about that at the uh, Rockies game today with those guys. And, and I remembered the three years that the Mountain West Tournament was at with the Pepsi, which was the Pepsi Center right. now, the Ball Center now. It uh, used to be the Pepsi Center. And the problem with that is, like, once you take – a fan, you know, the fan bases of all these schools. And you go to Vegas for, I think it was probably there for, oh, eight years or so, six years for sure at least. And you move it somewhere like Denver or whatever, no matter. And the, the Pepsi Center uh, at the time was ten times the facility of the Thomas & Mac back then, all right? Here's where the Thomas & Mac really got exposed as being a dated, as you mentioned. I didn't realize it was 40 years, but yeah, that was like uh, Tarkanian and the Running Rebs were used to be playing at the convention center there in Vegas, and then they moved it to the brand-new Thomas and Mac. And like you said, I didn't realize time flies 40 years, but it really got exposed when it hosted the NBA All-Star Game back in 2006, I believe, and they said they would never go back there again. and And they weren't really talking about going back to Vegas again. It was like... That, that facility just isn't up to the standards, okay? Now, um, it, you know, it, it, another thing that is, like, worth inserting in this is you wonder if the eighteen or 19,000 seats at the Thomas and Mack Center is really needed for this tournament anymore. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, if you can do it more efficiently, uh, I think from a basketball venue standpoint, it's it still can do all the things that you need to for the Mountain West Conference. Uh, it does need to be upgraded, sure, but there's some other things that it provides as a normal basketball arena that maybe Mandalay Bay and some of these other places like won't provide. I don't know, uh, but no, that's I fair. still, yeah, I I still. Um, you know, are big fan... Remember, the Mountain West, the WAC and the Mountain West were the ones that led the way of saying Vegas is a great place to have a conference sermon. Look at how many others have followed the uh, the lead of the Mountain West. Basically all uh, of them. Yeah, I saw Eric Curry, the uh, basketball official, a prominent college official, in, like, the, the concourse area a couple of years back. At, actually, it was quite a ways back. Like... Walking around there, and he was wearing his black jacket, so nobody could tell he was an official. Everybody knew that was him, though. Anyway, he's like, "Yeah, you, you, all the officials want to be here. Uh, th- this is the, where the energy is when it comes to conference tournament games." So that's the memories I've, I have of the Thomas and Mack. But again, uh, that whole er- that top area of the, the arena. It's basically not even used. Was and that where you
0: saw Bill Walton, too? Was that the Thomas and Mac?
1: No, that was it. Actually, the Pepsi set. Okay, uh, there you go. His son, Chris, was playing for San Diego State. And, uh, yeah, they, so Bill Walton was there every every day. Uh, but that was uh, actually the years that it was in Denver. Uh, but, we, you know, Danny Ainge, you know, back in the day, BYU would, would play. Uh, Danny Ainge was a frequent a uh, visitor to the Mountain West Tournament, uh, and then he, even when he was a scout too, you know, or whatever he was doing with the Celtics. Uh, another guy that was always, well, I should say always, but made like a four- or five-year run was Doug Flutie, okay? Mm. Doug Flutie, when he was at the top of his game, he was friends with a guy named Jack Harney, who at the time was the executive director of the Lobo Club, I believe was his title, oh. and their cousins... And so, like, Jack invited him, you know, one year to come out. And then, uh, as it turned out, like, he was able to catch some women's games. And Don Flanagan's women's teams were, like, owning Las Vegas there for a few years. And, like, Flutie was, like, one of their, like, honks. Uh, you know, one of their uh, sure. total fan bases. Yeah, and Flutie would be there. So, anyway, uh, I could go on and on and on. But, anyway, that uh, that's my memories. And it doesn't shock me, but... Um, I'd hate to see them move it out of Vegas for the sake of the fans that that really make a, a go of it by having the ability to drive out there, save money, even find hotels that are a little bit off the strip that you can save some money, which is harder to do now than it used to be. But anyway, uh, Thomas and Mac uh, may be retired for Mountain West tournaments. Uh, not a shock to me, Sammy. What's number one? one. one. one, number one.
0: Very welcome news out of Southern California. USC Trojans men's basketball had its first fall practice of the season yesterday. He, of course, was not a part of it, but head coach Andy Enfeld, given everybody the update that Bronny James is doing very well, those are the words of Andy Enfeld, uh, the coach there for USC, after he had that scary cardiac arrest in July. Still no timetable yet on when he's going to get back to basketball activities, but first things first for Bronny James, the person We got a positive update from Coach Ed Feld.
1: Yeah, that that is uh, great news, Sam. And the good news is too, whether he's at USC or if he was at Middle Tennessee State or wherever, uh, he's going to have professional people around him. They're going to have a game plan to monitor their activity and so on and so forth. So. He he's in very good hands, and uh, you don't. There's you know, there's no way that if there was any indication, there's anything at risk that they would they would rush him back. So obviously the prognosis is good because theoretically, as young as he still is, uh, you know he could you know uh, hang out for uh, a little bit more of an extended time, but they feel comfortable enough to bring him back. So uh, we wish him the best. All right, nice job on that top five and five, Sam. That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com.